was that was good, huh? Good to be in God's presence. <clears throat> you know, there's something that that happens when we worship, when we truly just enter in, is like there's stuff that that matters that doesn't matter anymore. You know, there's there's and then there's things you begin to see that you didn't see before. It's like, you know, you get a little bit of a glimpse. You just, you just see there's like your faith rises in you. I don't know. I, just, I was just experiencing that freshly this morning. Just, just, you know, as we began to sing, especially that part where we were saying, King Jesus. It's just like, ooh, King Jesus. We need that, we need that vision. We need that, you know, we, we got all these other kings trying to, to usurp his authority and trying to trying to war on our minds and our thoughts and our emotions and all this that's going on, our world. We've got kings setting themselves up and saying they're the one, but there, there is one king. And when we, when we begin to see the world, the, the, the earth, our, our lives, our families, we have, to, we have to see it through the lens of Jesus as the king. Because that's the truth, right? That's the truth. And if you know the truth, it'll set you free. And so you're free to, free to live, you're free to love, you're free to believe God for what you want to believe in for and, and see the breakthrough that you're, you're pressing in for. You know, it's, it's, I think it's always good to be praying for a breakthrough. You know, you're always, you're always believing for something more because there's always more in God's kingdom. There's always something else that God has for you that we haven't received yet. And he says, you know, like that scripture I read earlier, Philippians 1, 6, he began a good work in you and he's going to carry it on until the day of Jesus Christ. That means today there's something from God in my life that he wants to carry on. There's, today there's something that God has in my life that he is working through, that he is, he is massaging, that he is encouraging, that he is breathing on, that he is bringing to life. And so... Expect great things. Anticipation. I love that word, John. You know that it's the anticipation, that expectation. You know, the season of Advent that we just went through, that's the season leading up to Christmas. It's called the, the season of Advent. Um, and the whole idea, one of the main parts of Advent is just the anticipation, the, the expectation. I and mean, we see it in little kids, and maybe some of us older kids, you know, the anticipation of what they're going to get on Christmas. There's an expectation. They, they, they believe something is going to be there. Even before they see it. They may not see anything under the tree, but they're thinking, I know there's going to be something under that tree. Now, some get more, get more worried than others. I have one, one of my sons was uh, looking through and, you know, his gifts were in the back, I guess. And so he didn't see his name. So he's starting to get concerned. Oh, no, oh, no. Did you get, get upset? You know, did I get left out? You know, maybe sometimes we're like that with God. We were like, oh, yeah, I see all these other people. But what about me, Lord? What about me? And God's like, look, it's, it's right there. You haven't been left out. You have not been left out. There's nobody that's been left out. In the kingdom of God, everybody's in. Once you step into the kingdom, you've got to willfully say, I want to join. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. When you do that, you're in the kingdom. You're, you're, all, you're all in. And everything in the kingdom is available to you. And so, let's just press into the Lord this coming year. We're going we're gonna to see some good things. And we're going to see some breakthroughs. I'm going to take a drink.
<clears throat> so last year, one of the, the things we did at the start of the year was, and I just want to share it briefly and just encourage you to, to do this again, maybe on your own, uh, was, uh, was asking God for a word for your year. Now, last year we had a, a prayer gathering, the first, I believe it was first Wednesday night of the year. Uh, we call it a 48 mop, 48 minutes of prayer. It's where we pray and have all kinds of different creative expressions to express ourselves to God, whether that's art, whether that's just sitting, whether it's reading the Bible, worshiping in different ways. Um, but we in, invited everybody to uh, ask the Lord for just one word for the year. Now, again, it's not doesn't mean that God's going to only do one thing. It just means... Sometimes God works where he, he focuses in on one thing for a specific period of time. And as I was praying this week, I, I began to think a little bit about, you know, what, what was my word for the year? And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember what it is now. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it for a while, to be honest. Um, and my, my word for the year was, was heart. At the start of the year, God, God said, heart. And so when I look, begin to look back at my year through that word, it was amazing what I saw. I saw the first, the first half of my year, man, God was just like filling my heart up with all kinds of stuff. I mean, we had a, you know, an amazing encounter with the Lord in Poland. You know, I, I saw an amazing encounter at, at camps and different things. You know, there's all this stuff. And then I looked back through the, through the last part of the year, and I felt like, felt like God was like highlighting stuff in my heart and saying, Hey, we need to get rid of that still, pal. You know, I'm like, oh man, that was it wasn't necessarily as exciting, at, you know, as the the filling up part, but it was just as necessary. And so God has really been work. I was like, man, Lord, you you've been working on my heart all year. There's things that have been brought to life. You know, last year uh, I got this little thing. Uh, we actually wrote this on Wednesday night. We had everybody who was here or wanted to. Uh, take a square and put in all their words. And there's, there's all kinds of cool words on here uh, that I pray that, that God was, was faithful to uh, carry out in your life. And maybe if you forgot what your word was and you wrote it on here last year, you'd come up here and go, oh, yeah, there it is. I doubt you forgot it. Uh, but just in case, uh, we kept that as kind of a, uh, a remembrance for this past year. And so, so I, I encourage you, uh, that's not my main message this morning is not to say, but I really encourage you to take some time and ask the Lord. I, I really felt like that was a, a beneficial, um, powerful thing that God did is just begin to focus in on, on one word. And so ask God. You've got to take some time. You've you know, you got to take some time and say, hey, God, just sit, sit with God, sit with the Lord. However you get quiet and hear God. You know, if that's worship music, if that's reading the scriptures, if that's both, uh, if that's praying, if it's praying in the spirit, what, whatever that is that, that gets you where you're just, you know, just kind of like in worship. The other stuff moves away and then you begin to hear from heaven. You begin to see things the way they really are. And golly, I cannot, it's, it's not Dan, I know that. So uh, I'm just going to move over here. Um, <clears throat> You know, sound systems, we didn't change anything and they changed. You know, I don't understand it. Uh, so, man, get, get a word from God and then see, see what he does in it. You know, see, see what God does. And especially at the end of the year, you can really look back. So if, if you haven't thought about your word in a while that you got last year, I encourage you, go, go home and, and reflect a little bit. It's a good time at the end of the year to reflect. Uh, here's the deal. We always reflect back just through the blood of Jesus. 
You know, we don't ever want to look back apart from what God has done. So I can look back and go, hey, I, I failed this year, but I'm looking at that failure through the blood of Jesus. In other words, I'm looking at that saying, oh, thank you, Lord, that I've been freed from that. Thank you, Lord, that you've covered that. Thank you, Lord, that you, you've made up for that. Um, you know, I am so in awe that you can, you can overcome all of, my, all of my junk, even that I still have. And so I, I mean, it's, just a, it's just an awesome thing to do. And so I really encourage you to do that. Um, I want you to open your Bibles to Psalms. It's not Psalm. Isaiah 61. It's right in the middle. Can't stand in the middle. <clears throat> Isaiah 61. I'm going to preach as long as this voice will let me, so we'll see how long that is. Isaiah 61, and this is actually part of the scripture we, we read uh, last Saturday night at our uh, Christmas Eve, Eve Eve service. And this is, uh, Jesus of course quotes this in the New Testament later in, in Luke 4. Verse 1 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You'll feed on the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you will boast. Verse 7 says, instead of their shame, my people will, re will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land and... Everlasting joy will be theirs. And I really just have a couple, a few simple thoughts here from this section. It's just a powerful uh, a scripture right there. Just, just reading it, you know, you're encouraged right there. Don't you, don't you feel that? Where you go, oh yeah, right there. Uh, is God, I love how God exchanges things for us. I love how God trades. As uh, I, think, I believe Dave, I've heard it from you first, was, you know, God always trades up. Uh, let's us trade up. You know, we give him, we give him ashes, and he gives us a crown. We give him despair, he he gives us joy, and so uh, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. He, uh, we give him, uh, we get praise, a garment of praise, and so I believe that for some of us, we've got some of these things that that the Lord wants to just. Break off before we enter this new year. And so, um, number one is, is mourning. Now, mourning, mourning is, first of all, I don't want to say it's not always bad. Mourning is a good thing. 
I remember when my, uh, when my mom died, which has been now, I can't even believe it, uh, seven years ago. It's like, well, I know some of you are, I, I, I thought the same thing too. It's like, oh man, seven years ago. Uh, I mean, I have two more kids. Um, so much has happened in my life in the last seven years. But I remember when I was going through that, that time of, of mourning for losing my mother at a way younger age than I thought. I mean, that was not, not in the plan. Both of her grandmothers, they lived to be, one was 106 and the other was 105. I mean, my dad used to always joke, well, I know I'm not going to outlive my wife, you know, looking at her family. And, uh, you know, she died at 61. 61 years old. And so, it's pretty young, right? Some of you are like, yep, real young. So, you know, there's that season of mourning that's healthy. You know, you're, you know there's a scripture in, in uh, Ecclesiastes that said, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of, uh, of feasting. Because I believe that it's there where you meet God. If you're meeting God in your mourning, then it's still okay to be there. If it's, if it's just mourning and God's not there, then he says, I want to move you out of that. Because there's, there's a season for that mourning. And it's healthy and it's good and God is right in the midst of it. But then there's a time where that mourning becomes not a sanctuary, it becomes a prison. I mean, have you ever met somebody who's just, they just can't, they can't move on. They're just, they're just stuck. What, what they're stuck in is they're, they're stuck in mourning. They, they have a, you know... They've got this, this thing hanging over them. And it's just, it's just you know, kind of like my wife was describing. Maybe it's just like this, this black cloud or this shroud or this, this, this prison. And, you know, God says, hey, I'm, I'm going to meet you in your morning. I'm going to bring healing to your heart. And that, I'm not saying it has to be quick. I'm not talking about a quick season. I'm just saying there's some times where we're stuck in a place of mourning. And God says it's, it's time to move out of that. And what does God give us for that? He says, I'm going to give you the oil of gladness. You know, in, in the book of Nehemiah is actually that famous scripture where it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, there's something about joy that strengthens our life, that like spiritually strengthens us. And so uh, in Proverbs it says, laughter does good like a medicine. So sometimes it's good to put yourself in a place of joy, a place of laughter, so that there can be that healing, there can be that release. But God says right now, He says, if you're stuck in that place of mourning, then let's trade. Let's trade. You give me your mourning, and I'm going to give you the oil of gladness. Here's the second one. Is It says it's ashes. You know, and ashes... You know, here it's obviously symbolizing something that's, that's negative. Uh, generally, ashes are, are just what remains after something was burned up. You know, it's, it's only what's left after something went through the fire. You know, after, after the campfire's out and the wood burns up, there's no more fire, there's no more, there's just, there's just the ashes. You know, and that's, that's sometimes what happens in our lives is we just go through times where you know what? We get burned. Anybody been burned? Yeah. Hello. I'm breathing. 
if you're breathing, you've been burned, right? You've been, you've been wrong. You've been betrayed. You know, someone has broken trust. Someone has said something about you. Someone has, has cut you deep, you know. And here's the deal. The people that don't know us very well, they can't hurt us that well. It's the people that we trust and we love that can hurt us the most because we've opened ourselves up to them. And so some of those people have betrayed us. And, you know, we've, we've burned. We've been through the anger. We've been through the rage, the fire of all that. And now all that's left is just ashes. You know, and nobody, you know, we, we, don't, we don't want ashes around, you know. I mean, you don't, you don't want those. I mean, if you've got a fireplace, you, you clean them out, you know. You, you get rid of them. Uh, it's not something you, you want on you. They're, it's messy. It's, it, ma- it makes it hard to breathe, you know. If you, they're, they're just puffy, you know. And they're not good for anything. And so some of our lives, you know, we get, we get stuck where we're just, we're just in the place of, of ashes and we're just, we've been burned. And here's the deal. Uh, God's not saying you shouldn't have been burned. He's saying, yeah, you're, he's, God's recognizing, I recognize where you're at. I recognize what you've been through. The Lord never minimizes what we've been through. He never comes to us and says, oh, come on, man, can you just get over that? <laughs> no, he, he's seeing He's seeing, I mean, this is God's heart right here in Isaiah 61. He's saying, I'm coming and looking. I see ashes. And God says, hey, I, I want to bring some beauty out of that. I want to take, you know, I want to do something impossible. I want to I take what has been totally burned up, and I'm going to make something beautiful out of that. You know, I don't know if anybody does artwork out of ashes. Uh, Harder, do you know? Okay. Well, that's weird. <laughs> Just, you know, generally you just don't make anything amazing out of ashes. And so maybe that's a little bit of a picture of what God does. Is he takes that and he begins to, he says, I'm going to make some beauty out of this. And so we have to be willing to offer God the ashes of our lives. You know, the things that have been burned up, the things that God, that has been, you know, you're like, God, I, there's just nothing left here. There, there's nothing left here. And God says, I see there's nothing. Can you give me your nothing? Can you give me your brokenness? Can you, can you trust me? Can, can you offer up the ashes? And it says right here that he gives us the uh, beauty instead of ashes. You know, maybe that's the picture of the crown, like my wife said earlier. I mean, my wife didn't know what I was preaching on. We don't, we don't talk about that beforehand very often. Uh, it's just... Well, she likes to. I've said that before. She likes to dialogue, and I'm like, no, it's a secret till I tell it to everybody. Like, I'm not t- telling nobody. <laughs> Just in case God changes it. So that way he didn't know what I was thinking. Um, <clears throat> really kidding. <clears throat> but you know, there's that places in our lives that God just wants to say, okay, I want to trade. Do you want to trade? Are you willing to trade? Are you willing to trust me? With, with the ashes and believe that I can give you beauty out of those. Believe that I have the power to do that. Here's the third one. It says, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You know, despair, depression, discouragement, uh, the dark night of the soul. Many of us have faced that. We all go through that at some point. Some of us face that as like a, you know, a constant battle, you know. And so... Uh, that's one of those things where it's just like you can't see anything good. You know, it just seems like there's no hope. 
And really, that's what, that's what despair is. Ultimately, the, the, the word despair means I have no hope. I'm just going to give up. You know, there's, there's no point in going on. And it's, you know, when people get in those extreme places, of course, there's times where people are tempted to take their lives. And, and unfortunately, some who do, who, who carry through with that, who are being influenced by, of course, the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, he's going to encourage all that stuff. Man, if you, you've got depression on your life, you've, there's, there's a demon around, let me tell you. There, there's a devil who's, who's, who's stoking that flame, who's saying, hey, that's right. You got it right. Yep, God's abandoned you. It's not going to work out. You're, you, know, you, you, you know, you better be afraid of what got, what's going to happen because God's not going to come through. He's not going to come through this time. And so he wants to stay in that, place, in that place of despair. You don't see light. It's like darkness. It's like, God, where, I can't see anything. I can't, you, you can't hear anything. It's almost like you can't, you know, it's like, does is God, is God exist? Is he there, Lord? Are you there? Have you, have you, have you abandoned me? Anybody ever felt like that? Have you felt like God just abandoned you? Like, like God, you're gone. You know, here's the deal. Jesus, when he left the earth, said, I'm, I'm going I'm to be with you until the end of the age. So if I feel like God's abandoned me, it's actually a lie. Because the truth is that he's with me. So that it doesn't matter what I'm feeling. It doesn't matter what I'm thinking. It doesn't matter what I'm sensing. It doesn't matter what day it is, uh, that God is still with me. He is, he's not abandoned me. There's only one time in, in the Bible where, I, where, where somebody was abandoned, and that was when Jesus was on the cross, and it says the Father had to you know, abandon him to take the punishment. Jesus was abandoned so that I don't have to be abandoned. Jesus was rejected so I don't have to live in rejection. Jesus was shamed so that I don't have to stay in shame. Jesus took my sin so that I don't have to take my sin with me. So there's, there's the great exchange of the cross going on right here. I mean, this, this scripture is a picture pointing to the cross. It's looking to, to the work of Jesus. I mean, Jesus ultimately quotes this verse later. Ultimately, you know, this is the work of Jesus. This is the work of the ministry of the cross right here. This is what happened when Jesus was died and resurrected was all of this was released. He's here to bind up the brokenhearted. He's here to set free those who, who, are, who have been held captive, those who have become prisoners in this world, those who are bound by unforgiveness, those who are bound by any kind of sin. That he says, I've come to break you free from those chains. And one of those chains is despair. And so if you're here today and God's, you're just like, man, I, just, I feel like I just have no hope. God right now is, is going to give you a garment of praise. Now, this is the one where it seems like God would say we get to participate in what he's giving us. You know, a garment of praise uh, is not just a, a nice shirt that says the word praise on it. You know, I'm, I'm going to go put on a Christian t-shirt. You know, let me just put on a Christian t-shirt. Hopefully it'll do something for me magically. Uh, let me, let me, first of all, most Christian t-shirts are dumb, but that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's no magic in any of that. You know, I can't pull out my Bible and just, like, I'm going to hold it. You know, it doesn't do anything just to hold my Bible. I mean, it gives something for my hands to do, but it, there's no magic. God doesn't work with, with magic. He works with truth. And so, you know, if I want the Bible 
To be powerful, what do I have to do? I have to read it. I have to speak it. I have to declare it. I have to meditate on it. I have to sing it. I have to, I have to live it. That's when the power is released. That's when the power is released. And I believe the power of the garment of praise is the same way. You have to choose to praise. You have to choose to praise God. If you're in that place of despair, you just have to force yourself to say, I'm going to start thanking God for something. You know, I was watching the... Well, what was I watching? I was watching a t- teaching. It was talking about uh, a gentleman who was... Uh, had a fight with his wife, okay? He's a preacher. And uh, <clears throat> early on in their marriage, they had a fight. I mean, I know that hasn't happened for any of you. <clears throat> Never had a fight before, right? And so, you know, so he left the house. Again, we don't recommend doing that. But if you have to, you know, if leaving helps you not do something even stupider, then that's a good idea, right? So don't do something stupid. Leave the house. And so... Uh, he's he's complaining to God about his wife. Okay, real good idea, guys. Complaining to God about your wife because uh, he knows the truth. Okay, so uh, he's complaining to her and he's just saying, "Oh man, all this." And then he felt like the Holy Spirit just said, "I just want you to thank me for one thing for her. Thank me for one thing about her." Well, God, I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be ticked off at her. I'm not, I'm not really trying to thank you for her right now. I'm just trying to let you know. Did you just, were you listening, God? <laughs> I was just complaining about all the bad things she's done and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you want me to thank. You know, think of something that I can be thankful for about her. And so, you know, he kind of went on and on and says that finally at some point I just gave in. And I said, okay, fine, God. I'm thankful for whatever it was. Boom. He said one. And he thought of another one. So he said that. Then he began to thank God. Then he began. Then at some point, it became real. Like at some point, it was no. He was no longer forcing himself to do it. It came from his heart. It sometimes works the same way with us in praise. You know, I don't always feel like it. I don't always want to. I might be in that place of discouragement. Maybe it's not total despair, but it's just discouragement. It's just like, eh. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to come to me, and He's going to say. Thank me for something. You go, God, I'm trying to complain here. Can you not see that I'm complaining? <laughs> and he's going to say, hey, just, just one thing. Just do, just do one. And I'll find more often than not, if I can just get one out, then, I'll, then another will come. Then another and another. And pretty soon, I've got the garment of praise on. I have the garment of praise, and it's releasing me from the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of despair, the spirit of discouragement and depression as I begin to praise. And then, you know, what happens is my emotions get engaged with the truth, which is in my spirit, where the Holy Spirit dwells. He's trying to encourage me all the time. The the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. You know, knowing the truth is not about having it in your head. It's about actively participating with it. It's about having it in, in your heart. And so sometimes you just got to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to praise God. So if you're in that place of despair, try it. Try one thing. See if something else pops in your head. See, and then see what happens in your heart. Do it. You know, uh, 
I heard one, one person say, and I, I've never forgotten it, uh, and it just always is a great reminder to me that whenever we worship God, we always, we always, we always start worship in the flesh. In other words, we always start by just making a choice. You know, you don't ever feel like it. You know, I mean, if you just wake up and just say, I just want to feel like I want to worship God. Well, you may, maybe you'll never wake up that way. Maybe you're, you're holier than I am. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we can't wait for our, our feelings to get there. You know, that worship starts in the flesh. In other words, it's not necessarily a, a spiritual thing. It's a, I'm just, it is spiritual, but it doesn't feel spiritual. You, you get what I'm saying? Where you just say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do it. You know? And then if you do it enough, at some point, you become engaged with what the Holy Spirit is doing. I believe it works that way with the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You have to participate in what God is giving you. If he's going to give you the oil of gladness, you're going to have to say, I'm going to choose joy. I have to be able to be okay with that. If I want to be released from what is joy from or the, or the oil of gladness for mourning, uh, beauty for ashes, I have, to be, I have to say, okay, God, I'm going to be a willing participant with what you're doing in my life. And so here's the deal. What happens when this goes on, it says, God says, hey, They'll be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. There's going to be strength that comes into your life. You know, an oak tree is a strong tree. You know, when an oak tree is, 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 is grown up and it's, it's got strong roots, it's, it's, it's going to stand the test of time. That's why God, he uses that picture. Hey, you're going to be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. You're going to display for the display of his splendor. It's going to be amazing. Your life is going to display the splendor of God. Is that incredible or what? That's, that's an amazing thought that that could actually happen with me. And it happens... When I make the exchange and allow God to plant what he wants me to plant in me. And I love how this scripture ends because I'm just going to, I'm going to close and we're going to just, just pray over these. Uh, in verse 7 it says, instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they'll, re- they'll rejoice in their inheritance. You know, we all have stuff that we, we'd be ashamed of. I was talking... We're, as pastors, we were talking about, you know, there's, in our country right now, there's all kinds of accusations flying around about all kinds of misconduct. And, um, you know, one of the pastors just said, hey, you know, what, what one of us couldn't have somebody from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago share something about our life that we would be ashamed of? I mean, we've all, we've all done stuff that we've been ashamed of. And if... If nobody else knows, we at least know. And so, here's the deal. That's why I love the fact that Jesus was, was shamed for us. You know, that's part of the reason that Jesus was literally stripped naked. I mean, literally, there's many people who believe that, that honestly, that Jesus actually wasn't wearing a little cloth. That he was totally stark naked on the cross. Total humiliation. I mean, that's what the crucifixion was. It was about total humiliation and domination and destruction. And so Jesus became totally shamed, totally shamed, so that you could be free from your shame. And then he says, I'm going to give you a double portion. 
Like, I'm going to give you something that you don't, you don't even deserve. I'm going to give you twice as much. I'm going to give you twice as much. It's like, God, what, what kind of person are you? He's like, I'm not like you. <laughs> I'm not human. I, I'm not like you. I don't think like you. I don't act like you. I don't speak like you. I'm totally different. I'm holy. That's part of what God's holiness is. He's totally other. And so, you know, maybe that's one of the things you're, you're just fighting off as you go in this new year. You're just like, man, I, I've got this shame I just can't get free from. And right now, Jesus is just reminding you, hey, I took that shame. So I want us to pray. I want us to, you know, we've heard some, heard some truth here. Uh, and, and I just want to believe that God right now is just going to break some stuff off of us as we, as we go out of this place uh, today. And uh, so if you want to stand up, let's, let's just kind of allow the Holy Spirit to just kind of minister to us, get our blood flowing a little bit. You've been sitting down a while. It's, I know you're ready to get home and get to a blanket, you know. And then so you can come back later and get prayer and communion. And if you're really into it, bingo. Um, but any of those things, you know, if I've been, if I've been speaking today and you're, you're stuck in ashes, you're stuck in a place of mourning, you're stuck in a place of despair or hopelessness, you're stuck in a place of, of shame, then we're, I'm just believing right now. And so if that's you, we're just going to kind of close our eyes. Everybody just close their eyes. Just so just we're giving ourselves privacy here. If that's you, I, just want, I want you to just kind of, kind of open up your hands to God. Just kind of just open them up and just, just kind of like you're holding that thing up to Him right now. And so right now, Father, we're, we're just holding up the stuff that we don't need for 2018. Lord, we don't, we don't need this for 2018, Lord. This is not a part of our, the armor of God. This is not a part of our operating system that you want for us, God. This is not a part of your plan and destiny, Lord. And so right now, Lord, I speak to every heart that is stuck in a place of mourning and just cannot get out. Lord, and we thank you right now for releasing the oil of gladness, for releasing joy right now in that place of mourning. God, you says you, you've turned my mourning into dancing, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you have the power to bring us out of that place, Lord, that we can be healed and free. And so right now, Lord, I just speak to that place of mourning. Lord, for that place of, those places of ashes in our lives right now, Lord, we declare beauty, God. We just say right now we offer that up to you, God, and the crowns and the beautiful things that you're making out of that, God. There's going to be life. There's going to be freshness. There's going to be newness out of those ashes, God. There's going to be strength out of it in the name of Jesus. Lord, those who are stuck in despair, and discouragement or depression, Lord, a spirit of heaviness in any way, Lord, we speak to that thing and say, you go in Jesus' name and we release, we begin to say, Lord, we praise you. We choose to thank you, God. We choose to honor you, Lord. We choose to lift you high. You've been so good to us, Lord. You're a good father. You're a good God. Lord, and I just speak over anybody who is who just like cannot get free from the shame. It's like the, the video is playing in our heads of the things we did where we're just ashamed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, shame you go. Shame you go. We thank you, God. We thank you, Father, that you sent your son so that we could be free from that shame. 
Lord, it even says that for the joy set before you, you despise the shame. You were able to say, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to go for it for the joy set before me, God. And we thank you for that right now, that shame does not have to be a part of our lives as the children of God, as believers in Jesus. We choose to leave that behind and to move forward into what you have for us. Lord, a double portion. You say you're going to give us a double blessing. You're going to give us twice as much as we're even asking for. And so we choose to believe that and receive that this morning, God. As we walk into this new year, we're looking forward to what you have for us. The strength, Lord, the victories, Lord, the insight, the wisdom, God. Lord, the things you're going to clean out of our lives and minds, Lord. The things that we need to have removed still, God. The burdens you're going to lift, Lord. The people that are going to be set free that you're going to send us to, God. The good news that's going to go to the poor, Lord, the brokenhearted that are going to be, going to be mended and healed, God. Those prisoners that, that are going to be set free through every single one of us, Lord, in this place. And those that aren't even with us this morning, Lord, those that are a part of our church family, Lord, we're going to see the prisoners set free. We're going to see the gospel preached to every living person, God. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see salvation, Lord. We're going to see encouragement. We're going to see the gifts of the Spirit released in increasing measure, God, a double portion in Jesus' name, God. We just thank you for that right now. We choose to honor you, King Jesus. You're the name we're lifting high. You're the name we're lifting high. Jesus, Jesus, the name above all names. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Just kind of just kind of praise him where you're at. Just take just a moment here while we're in his presence. Lord, we just worship you, God. You are so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Thank you, God. We just, we just worship you, Lord. Oh, God, we're looking forward to what you have in the future, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We love you. We love you. Oh, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise for this morning, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Feel good? Kind of shake it off there a little bit. Oh, yeah. Hey, be blessed. Hey, we'll be here tonight. We'll go ahead and start praying at 6.30. But come anytime. You can come between 6.30 and 8. There'll be prayer going on. 
Uh, and we look forward to, to seeing what God does tonight at the Lord's table. So be blessed. If you still need prayer, come on up and see us before you go.